everyone. My name is Josh Scroggins. I pastor New Beginnings Family. Just wanted to say thank you for joining our podcast and welcome. We hope the following message will be encouraging, will inspire you to grow deeper in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you'd like to know more about us or would like to support our ministry financially, you can visit our website at www.nbfamily.net. And as always, for all you do to support us, thank you. God bless you and enjoy the message. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining me in this episode. We are uh, continuing on with our series called Led by the Holy Spirit. Our theme verse today and through this series is Galatians 5.16. It says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. And then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Uh, we are in episode number three of a four-part series about being led by the Holy Spirit. We have talked about how he leads us to receive salvation, spiritual baptism, spiritual gifts. Uh, in the last episode, we looked at how he leads us to cleave, uh, to both separate from our old lives, from the sin and the darkness of this world, and to connect to him through things like regeneration, which is the immediate change that happens at the moment of salvation, through sanctification, which is the progressive change that happens for the rest of your life after that, through adoption and through worship. Uh, in this episode, we're going to be looking at how he leads us to achieve. So receive and cleave, and then in this episode, achieve, and then in the in the next episode, uh, we'll finish by learning how the Holy Spirit leads us to believe. That is going to be, uh, I believe, a very powerful message. Um, in each episode, I'm going to be reminding you of the analogy of the rumble strip along the side of the freeway. As you drive along the freeway, those rumble strips are guiding your trip. They're alerting you to whenever you stray too far from where you're supposed to be driving. Uh, they don't direct every little adjustment that you'll make within the lane, but they do guide the overall direction of your trip. And the Holy Spirit works like this. He guides us through feelings, through hearing. Uh, his direction is often subtle, but if you're paying attention, you will notice his guidance. Um, in this episode, we're going to be looking at the word achieve, and the Holy Spirit leads us to achieve and not just um, receive the gift from God, not just to disconnect from the world and connect to God, but he also leads us to achieve great things. Now, these things are not um, always the same as the types of things that the world would consider to be the greatest achievements. In fact, the things that the Holy Spirit leads us to achieve are often very different than those uh, because the things that God leads us to achieve, the, thing, the things that God wants us to achieve and to accomplish is actually what really matters. And, and unfortunately, the world we live in has so much of a focus on things that actually don't matter. They have no eternal value. They have no real value. And, and to kind of illustrate this, I, I, found a, I found a quote from um, the 2012 Oscars. In that 2012 Oscar ceremony, Billy Crystal was um, actually, he was, he was the uh, host. And so he was uh, um, giving his monologue at the beginning of the show. And he finished it by saying this. So tonight, everyone enjoy yourselves because nothing can take the sting out of the world's economic problems like watching millionaires present each other with golden statues. <laughs> Sometimes a little perspective 
is really needed. Look, the kind of achievements I'm going to talk about in this episode are the kind that will have eternal value. They are more than just the money, the fame, the success that this world places ultimate value on. They're things that will last. These are things that actually matter. Now, I know what you might be thinking is, Pastor, do you mean that money doesn't matter? Because it sure feels like it matters a lot. And let me just say it this way. Yes, money matters at least a little bit right now. But at some point, you're going to die. And I hate to bum you out. I hate to help, hate to bring you down. Um, but at some point, you are. You're going to die. And you're not taking any of that money with you. You're here on this earth for a few years. And then for the rest of eternity, you're somewhere else. So you tell me which destination is the most important. What things truly matter? The things that only help you in this life or the things that will have an impact on the eternity that follows? The few years that you have on this earth or the eternity that you have somewhere else? What is the most important? That's the kind of thing that we're talking about in this episode. Those are the things the Holy Spirit leads us to achieve. Uh, We're going to take a look here in Matthew chapter 6. And I want to read a few verses to you here, verses 19 through 21. It says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven, where moth and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And then just a few verses later, in verse 25, he goes on to say, Therefore, I tell you, Don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow, uh, thrown into the fire tomorrow, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of those things will be given to you as well. You know, Jesus spoke more than once about the difference between treasure on earth and treasure in heaven. But what did he mean by this? Well, simply put, Jesus was talking about living our lives with the right perspective in mind. He's not saying that it's not important to have clothes. It's not important to eat. He's not saying that. He's not saying that you shouldn't have a consideration of it. Um, that, that's, all, that's all fine and well. That's, that's not what he's saying. What he's saying is that that shouldn't be your priority. He's talking about worrying. right? He's saying don't worry about your clothes. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to drink. Don't be so focused that your your life is so focused on the here and the now at the expense of what comes next. Because what comes next is far more important than what is happening right now in this moment. He's talking about living our lives with the right perspective. Let me give you an analogy that might help. 
some people live their lives not ever thinking about retirement until they're old enough to retire. They just simply assume that they're going to be able to work until it's time to stop working. And then when they stop working, they'll just they'll be done working and they'll have enough to live on and they'll just be able to enjoy life. They never save. They never plan. They anything like they just assume it's going to be fine. And, and that sounds that sounds crazy. But in the U.S., this actually describes one in four people. And many of them have to come back out of retirement when they retire. One in four. That is staggering. Many others are the opposite. They work their whole lives to save, to invest, to plan for retirement. They make sacrifices now so that when they retire, they will have enough. They, they put away now and invest so that it has a chance to grow. And, and they, they plan for retirement. And when the time comes for them to retire, they're, they're fine. They're taken care of because they were thinking about the end, even while they were living in the present. And essentially this is what Jesus was talking about only on a much bigger scale, right? There will come a time when you retire from this life. When that happens, you're going to find out where your priorities were. And this is where the Holy Spirit comes in. He leads us. He guides us. He opens doors for us because he wants us to achieve what it is that we were made for. We have a lot of names for this. We, we refer to it as calling. We refer to it as purpose. Some will call it destiny. Some people say it's a job. Uh, others might call it meaning. Others yet even still will call it significance. But regardless of what name you use for it, God has created you for something much bigger than yourself. And that thing has eternal ramifications. What's more than that, the Holy Spirit leads us with the same purpose in mind of helping us achieve that thing. When the Holy Spirit is leading us, he does so with the purpose in mind of helping us to achieve that thing. And here's the interesting part of all of this is that we all have the same thing. That's kind of interesting, huh? It's a little bit different twist on what, what you may have heard often. Um, your calling, my calling, your purpose, my purpose, that they're all different. But I'm here to tell you they're not. We have the same thing. We have the same calling. We have the same purpose. Each of us ultimately has the same goal. Where we differ, where you and I are different, is the path the Holy Spirit guides us on to get to that calling, to that purpose, to that goal. We have the same goal. We have the same calling. We have the same purpose. We have a different path to get there. So what calling do we share? What purpose do we have in common? What's the goal that we're all being led to achieve? Well, Jesus told us this right after his resurrection. Matthew 28, 18 to 20 says this, Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make all make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. This is a command. Jesus is commanding them based on the authority that he has, right? He says, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, in other words, I'm speaking to you now from the ultimate authority. And he gives them a command, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them 
and teaching them to obey. Now you might you might say, okay, well, Pastor, that was that was for the disciples. This great commission, this thing, that wasn't for us. That was for them. But I want you to I want you to just think about this for a moment. Jesus is giving them a command. Correct. We I think we would all agree this is a command. What Jesus says is, I want you to make disciples, to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And then I want you to teach them to obey everything I'm commanding you. Everything I have commanded you. Jesus just made a command, didn't he? That means that the disciples that they were to make were to be taught to obey this command. And now those disciples of the disciples were being commanded by Jesus to do the same thing to make disciples and then teach them to obey everything that's been commanded. You, you see that the, the, the ramifications here are, this is for us too. Look, if that isn't a clear enough statement for you, if, if it's not clear what our mission is, what our purpose is after that, let me drive the point home by asking a few questions. Are there people who choose to follow Christ and then later on choose to walk away from him? Do those people exist? Of course there are. Right? We, we probably all know somebody. In fact, you might be one of them who chose to follow Christ and then chose to walk away at some point. They exist. So why doesn't God just immediately take people to heaven the moment we believe on Jesus? Why, why not do that? I mean, that certainly would solve the problem. That, that certainly would solve the problem, wouldn't it? is that they could believe on Jesus and immediately he takes them to heaven, doesn't give them a chance to backslide. Why doesn't God do that? I mean, it would solve the problem, right? Well, let me ask you one more question. If God did it that way, who would have told you about Jesus? If God did it that way, if he removed people, the moment they believed in him, if he took them off the earth and took them to heaven, who would have told you about Jesus? See, your first purpose, it's very simple. We've talked about it before. Matter of fact, it's in our discipleship curriculum. It's in my book. Okay, okay. I said the prayer, now what? It's there. Uh, so I, I am, I'm standing by that our first purpose, your first purpose is very simple. We've talked about it. Your primary purpose in life is to make a choice with your life. Where do you want to spend eternity? Would you rather spend it with God or would you rather spend it away from him, apart from him? That's your primary purpose. And it is the one, it is one of those that we all have in common. That purpose is fulfilled the moment you choose to believe on Jesus Christ. Once you have made that choice, you have fulfilled that purpose. That's not the purpose I'm talking about in this episode. If you want to know that purpose, that calling, that goal, then you only need to ask yourself the question, why has God chosen to keep me on earth after I believed on Jesus? If the only purpose for my life, if the purpose of my life was to make a choice with my life, I've already made that choice. So isn't my purpose done? Hasn't my goal been fulfilled? Why am I still here? That question is one that I hope the Holy Spirit plants in your hearts, plants in your mind, in fact, I'm hoping that the Holy Spirit will remind you of that question from time to time as long as you still live. Why are you still here? Is it so you can just enjoy this life? Is that why? Is it because God says, okay, well, now you're mine. Now you've given your heart to me and I want, I want you to just enjoy this life. And that's why you're still on earth. I want you to enjoy it. 
Do you think that's it? Let me ask you this. Is there any possible way that you could enjoy life on earth any more than you would enjoy it in heaven? Absolutely not. Heaven is infinitely better than anything on this earth. If God's purpose for you after salvation, if his purpose for you was just your pleasure, he certainly would take you to heaven right now. Is it so you can build a relationship with him? Well, God leaves me on earth so that I can build a relationship with him. You know, I, I, I gave my life to God. I made that decision. I chose to believe on him. Uh, but now God is keeping me here so I can build a relationship with him. Is that the purpose? Well, let me, let me ask you this. Do you think you would build a relationship with God better on earth? Where you're totally distracted by daily life and temptations to sin and your own brokenness? Or do you think you could better build a relationship with him in heaven where you're undistracted, untempted, unbroken, and you are in his presence for eternity? Where do you think you would be better suited to build a relationship with him? Look, please don't misunderstand me. I, I believe that God wants you to enjoy your life. I do. I think he wants you to have joy. I think he wants you to have uh, good things. I think he wants to bless you. I do believe that. I think it's extremely valuable and necessary to build a relationship with God while you're living on this earth. I'm not discounting those things. I'm just saying they're not the reason you're still here after you give your life to God. Simply put, the reason you are still here on earth after you have given your life to God, after your primary purpose has been fulfilled, the reason you're still here is that God is not done with humanity yet. He is still trying to save as many people as he can, and he has chosen to use us to reach them. Your purpose, your calling, it's the same as mine. It's to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, teaching them to do the same. That's what I mean when I say that we all have the same purpose. And the difference between us is that we all have different paths to accomplish that goal. Now, let me be very clear. I'm not talking about many paths to heaven. I'm not saying there are many ways to heaven. There are not. There is one way to heaven. His name is Jesus. That's it. There are no other ways to heaven. There's one. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. The word the means no other. I'm not talking about ways to heaven. What I mean is that each of us are called to accomplish the goal of reaching people but we do so in different ways. Why? Because this world is made up of different people and it's going to take different kinds of approaches to reach them. People are different. You're different than I am. I'm different than you are. You're different than the members of your family. You're different than your friends. You have a unique blend of passions and talents and personality and spiritual gifts and experiences. You have all of these things that make you you. And they make you perfect to reach some people that I just can't reach. That's true about you. That's true about every single person uh, that you meet. No two of us are exactly the same blend of those things. And sometimes that can cause friction. But when we are led by the Spirit, what it really causes is unity. How does the Holy Spirit lead us to accomplish this goal? Well, he helps us to notice a couple of things. And I'm going to give you two. They're going to rhyme because it's easier to remember that way. But he'll help you to notice two things. First, he'll help you to notice needs you can meet. You're going to notice that there are some things that you see 
that are needs and others seem to just be overlooking them. They don't, they don't see it. You see where the need is and others just miss it. They're, they're walking right past that need and they don't even recognize it. They don't see it, but you do. What's more than that, not only do you see the need, but intuitively you can see the solution to the problem. It's not just a need, it's, it's a need that you know how to fix. And other people don't seem to understand it. Maybe they know the problem. Maybe, maybe you talk to people and say, hey, have you noticed this? I, I see this problem here. And they say, yeah, we, we understand that, that there's a problem there. We don't know how to fix it. And you do. The Holy Spirit will help you to notice needs that you can meet. It, it could be something at a church, right? Maybe, maybe there's something in your church. Maybe there's a need uh, for a, a musician, right? Maybe they're, they're, they don't have a guitar player. They don't have a bass player. They don't have a drummer, keyboard player. They need more singers. Uh, maybe, maybe what you see is you notice when you pull into the parking lot at the church that, um, that the, the stripes in the parking lot are faded or there's trash and, and it seems like people just don't, they're not noticing it. They don't see it. Uh, but you do, and you can help to clean and you can help to restripe. Uh, maybe what you're seeing is somebody who is, is lonely and they need someone to sit there and, and say hi to them and be friendly, uh, because they need, uh, they need a kind word and everybody else is seeing them sit there by themselves and everyone else is taking that to mean that they don't want to talk to anyone else, but you see differently. You see that there's a need there. You see that there's a need for someone to be kind to them and someone to say hi and someone to be friendly. And it's something that you can do. You see needs. Maybe, maybe what you see is uh, an elderly neighbor that can't get around with a lawn that is growing and it's, they can't manage it. And you have a lawnmower and you can go over and mow their lawn. You see a need and it's something you can do something about the Holy Spirit. How does he help us to, to be spirit led? How does he help us to, to make disciples? Well, he shows us needs that we can meet. And when this happens, when you notice that there is a need that you can meet, that might just be the Holy Spirit leading you. So step up and get to work. This is not an opportunity for you to step up and tell someone else to work. That, that's not how that works. You, you realize how many times pastors have people come to them and say, hey, I, I see a problem. Here's pastor. Here's how you fix it. You should do this, this, and this. I'm going to tell you right now that that doesn't work at our church because I, I, just, I just assume that if God is showing you and he didn't show me, if he put it in your heart and didn't put it in mine, then that's because God wants you to do it and not me. So around our church, people understand that if they, if they come to me with a problem, um, they become the one in charge of solving that problem. Because I just believe that if God showed you how to do it and he showed you how to, and you know how to do it, then you should be the one doing it because God told you. I, I believe that if you see a need that you can fill and you can meet, that you should. I think we should all do that. I think God calls us to demonstrate love to people. And one of the most effective ways we do this is by meeting needs. Think about it. That's how Jesus did it. How many times did he heal people before he forgave them of sin? He did it all the time. How many times did he do something for someone? He met their needs first. And then he talked to them about the kingdom. And then he talked to them about spiritual matters. He knew they had a need. He met the need first. 
Oftentimes, this is one of the ways that the Holy Spirit opens a door. So I said that the Holy Spirit leads us to accomplish the goal of making disciples of all nations by helping us to notice two things. The first was needs that we can meet. And then the second is people that we can greet. Needs you can meet and people you can greet. You're going to notice that there are some people you just have things in common with. You'll notice that as you get to know people that you have, you have things in common. You, you went to the same school, you have the same interests. Uh, maybe your kids are in the same grade or maybe they know each other, but you're going to notice that there are some people you just have things in common with, or you'll notice someone who needs a friend, or you'll be introduced maybe to friend of a friend, or, uh, you know, maybe it's even your, your kids friends who, you know, come over to your house and they, they need that mom or that dad to in their life that maybe isn't, isn't there. Uh, or, or maybe they're looking for those types of mentor like relationships or whatever, but you're going to, you notice that there are people that, that the Holy spirit brings into your life and you just feel him tugging on you. When you notice either of these things, either a need you can meet or somebody that you can connect with a person you can connect with, then take action. If you see a need, it could be the Holy Spirit wanting to use you to fill that need so that someone might be one to him. If you notice people you can connect with, take action and do so. Now, if you want to know how to witness in a way that works with the leading of the Holy Spirit, I want to share with you the 3D model that Dr. Michael Ball taught us about at our uh, event, our outpouring event. And for for um, disclaimer's sake, I can't remember the name of the guy um, that developed this. It was not Dr. Ball. Uh, he did tell us who it was. I can't, I can't remember top of my head who it was. I can't remember the name, but it's the 3d model, three points. Each of them start with the letter D 3d. And the first one is develop friendships. Want to witness, want to, want to develop, uh, disciples, build disciples, fulfill the great commission want to be that kind of person who leads people to Christ. It starts here. It starts to develop friendships. In other words, just engage in the lives of those around you. This could be your neighbors. It could be coworkers. It could be places that you volunteer, right? Maybe, maybe your church, your, your child's school, you could volunteer at local charities. You could volunteer at a food bank. You can volunteer for sports, right? Kids sports and things like that. But it's just You're getting involved in the lives of those around you. You're connecting with them. You're developing friendships. Look, I understand that there are, there are people who they like to just stand on a box with a megaphone and yell at people and tell them they're all going to hell. And they consider that to be, you know, this, this effective evangelism method. But if you're doing that, it better be God because more often than not, it, it's not helpful. More often than not, that style of evangelism is, 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 is much more pharisaical. It's much more judgmental. It's much more ineffective than it is effective. And it makes it much more difficult for Christians to witness when people have encountered that type of evangelism. Instead, why don't we use the method that Jesus used? You might say, well, no, Pastor Jesus was very confrontational with some people. And I would tell you, yeah, he was. It was the religious people, right? That, that's who he got really confrontational with. It wasn't the sinners. It wasn't the people who knew they were sinners. In fact, with them, he just engaged in their lives. I mean, think about Zacchaeus, right? Jesus is 
sees him up in a tree. He's he's a a well-known tax collector in there, which basically was just a, a fancy thief. And Jesus sees him, and did he call him out for his sin? No, even though he clearly was a sinner. Jesus didn't even mention his sin. He said, Zacchaeus, come down from the tree. I'm going to your house. Let's go eat. What did he do? He, he engaged in life, in his life. Jesus loved people first. Engage in the lives of those around you. Connect with your neighbors and coworkers. Just get to know them. Build friendships, develop friendships. And that, that kind of goes into the next, the next D, right? So the first D is develop friendships. The second is discover stories. In other words, take some time just to get to know about them. Learn who they are. Helps you to build a relationship with people and it, it helps them to understand that that you care about them and you love them because you should. We should be loving people. We should be getting to know them and just just listen. You're going to build relationships with people by discovering their stories. Listen to their stories. And what's more than that, it's going to help with showing you open doors the Holy Spirit can lead you through when you're witnessing to them. Find out who they are. What's their full name? Are they married? Do they have kids or grandkids? What do they do? What are their hobbies? Where were they born? Where do they live? Where do they go to school? Finding out this kind of information about them is is very helpful. It helps to really develop friendships and connections. And, and above all else, Christians are supposed to be known for our love to one another. It's supposed to be this, this love coming from us. And we're able to do that far more when we show people we care about who they are. Develop friendships, discover stories, and finally, discern next steps. A spirit-filled believer will be spirit-led. There's no formula for what you do after the first two steps. Every person, every situation, every relationship is different. Develop friendships, discover stories. You can use that every single time. But what follows from there needs to be spirit-led. Don't be afraid. Trust those gut feelings that you have. Those very often are the Holy Spirit leading you in that moment. And be obedient, right? No matter when, no matter where, no matter how the Spirit initiates. Be obedient. Know when to act and know when to take a step back. If you feel resistance from the person, if you begin to, to share with them about your faith and you feel a resistance, step back. Don't push. Don't force it. The Holy Spirit can always open another door later. Don't shove it down their throat. Don't push. Don't become pushy. Don't become judgmental. Don't don't get over eager. If you feel resistance from the person, pull back. The first thing we want them to know is that we love them. And the more and more we push, the more it feels like any love that we felt was hollow and just had an agenda. We care about people. We love them because God loves them. We want them to know how much he loves them. So if you feel resistance, take a step back. Continue to pray for him. Continue looking for another door. Remember that most people are not one to Christ in a single encounter. Some encounters plant a seed, some water it, some result in a harvest. Most people who become Christians will not do so from a single encounter. They have heard about Jesus many, many times before that. 
They've had experiences with Christians. They have heard the gospel message in some way, shape, or form. At least that's true here in the U.S. Look, you can always wait for the Holy Spirit to open another door and give you another opportunity. So develop friendships, discover stories, and discern next steps. The question is this. Is the Holy Spirit pointing one of those things out to you? A need you can meet or a person you can greet? Do you see a need that you can fill? Do you know somebody that you feel that he is leading you to connect with, to maybe begin developing a friendship with and discovering their story? Maybe, just maybe, it's time to start that process, to trust him in that process. I hope you do. And more than than that, I hope that when you do, that the Holy Spirit leads you in the right way so that they might be one to him. God bless you. You have an amazing week, and we'll see you in the next episode. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us at New Beginnings Family. We appreciate you listening and hope that the message was encouraging, inspiring, challenging, that ultimately it brings you closer to Jesus Christ. If you have any questions for us or would like to get a hold of us, you can reach out to us at www.nbfamily.net. Thank you so much. We love you. Have an amazing day. And thank you for all your support. We'll see you next time.